now it's over. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Launch Boys. I'm Ryan. Uh, with me is Jake. Hey. Uh, Henry is leading some shapeshifters into a tunnel under Denver Airport. Uh, we hope he's okay. He said they're on their way to Nibiru or something. Direct quote. Yeah. And God um, be with you. God bless. I hope, Henry, I hope you're doing good. Uh, the shapeshifters are a discriminated people from their home planet or on sure. their home planet. And um, you are like an extraterrestrial Harriet Tubman. So God bless. I'm thinking of the right person, right? Underground Railroad? Mm-hmm. Okay. People, <laughs> people's <laughs> names and places get like jumbled in my head sometimes. I'm like... It, it, when I was happens. a little kid and I'd take the history test, I would always get Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks mixed up. When oh, I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like trying to, you know, fill in the right blank. Yeah. And it would be like, who did the Underground Railroad? I'd be like, uh, Rosa Parks? No, no, no. It's like, no, that was the bus, not a not a train, you know? Yes. And I, 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 the, I'm aware it wasn't an actual train. The it's proverbial just, train. The Yes. it's a, It was a metaphorical railroad. It's really more of a trail. Yes to someone's house and you'd stay there until the confederates left some would say a sidewalk even or the southerners rather <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah some would say a sidewalk even. <laughs> the underground sidewalk uh that's a tunnel anyways uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh last episode i guess it was two days ago um mm-hmm. the first presidential debate if you could even call it that uh happened and we recorded the episode basically the second the uh the debate finished and now it's been two days of us living in people's reactions to the debate and i don't know which was more entertaining because for real we that debate did a better job of spreading the message of anti-government sentiment than ron paul and the lp and the mises caucus combined like it i had more people talking about just burning the thing down than ever i've ever seen before I started popping popcorn. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I was um, like, please let me watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jake mentioned um, that this is a it's an interesting kind of turning point because political discourse is becoming so degraded and so worn down. I guess those are the same words. Uh, but so so eroded er- eroded i think those are just three of the same th- three ways to say the same thing uh <laughs> but it, it is just synonyms <laughs> it is breaking down on a more public level than ever in my like memory and granted like obviously there was a civil war so obviously it's been worse before in the history uh but in my recent memory of the last like decade and a half you know, this is the worst it's ever been. Yeah. And I love it. Jake, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I, I thought you explained in like just like the two seconds leading up to us pressing record. Mm-hmm. I thought you explained it so well that we're literally living at the same time with people who are in two separate realities. Yeah. Where you have some people who are like, oh, like Trump is such a child. But then that same person's going to post, would you just shut up, man? Yeah, that was the best thing to happen. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, how? That doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Or you mentioned the coronavirus, how some people are like, oh, like, I'm still really concerned that we're all going to die. And meanwhile, some people are just 
focusing on the CDC saying stuff like, well, if you're under 70, it's less than 1% chance. Like you're doing pretty good. Um, Not only is it less than 1%, it's 0.5 and down. Yeah. So um, I think it's 0.05 and down, isn't it? I think it's 0.5 when you're 70. I'd have to read it. No, it it was 5% 70 up. um, But if you're, uh, I think it was 50 and below, it's 0.5%. Crazy. So some would argue pretty low. Real low. Real low. That's if you've already got it. Yes. Uh, So crazy. uh, And another one that uh, was driving me crazy was a lot of people and like the, you know, corporate press to borrow a a malice ism uh the the corporate press was trying to hammer home this like trump refused to denounce white supremacy again and it's like he has Uh. done this like a million times chris wallace uh i saw a clip actually asked him the same question in the last round of the debates like in 2016 for that election the same question and you know people uh Biden even specifically I think I remember uh, in the debates brought up the very fine people thing and there's still 60 million people who think Trump actually said there are fine people and he was talking about like neo-nazis and white nationalists it's like if you've seen the actual clip basically the next sentence after they cut it is and I'm not talking about the white nationalist and the neo-nazis they should be condemned totally and I watched the whole thing today when we were cutting up for that uh, the Instagram post on at the Lunch Boys Pod nice. Instagram Instagram and uh, Twitter Instagram and Twitter it's the same now because yeah. Ryan's smarter than me uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it's funny because it's even more so it's not just oh there's very fine people on both sides and then the next thing he says and I'm not talking about the white supremacist he says he denounces the he says violence bigotry it's bad it's awful what i'm saying is that there was a group who was peaceful on the right and there was also a group who was peaceful on the left Mm -hmm. and there were very fine people on both sides then the next sentence he says and i'm not talking about so he like clarified it twice in the same clip yeah and i'm just like how do you not know that he's done that and then the actual press brief not the press briefing but the uh the address to the nation that was the press briefing the address to the nation after that he says i absolutely disavow and and whatever word he said um the kkk specifically any white supremacy and other hate groups causing violence i'm like guys he's done this specifically regarding charlottesville yeah and uh i also think the the idea that the media can call trump a racist for the millionth time and be like we got him this time you know, like they're they're trying to act like this is a nail in the coffin, like they've not called him a racist before. Like, look, we got him saying something potentially not super a hundred percent politically correct, and like you could stretch it to believe like X, Y, and Z. And like we said last episode, he fumbled that question hard. Like yeah. he he, he could have and should have done such a better job of answering that question, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. But the balls of again the corporate press to be like. He, here's this thing look he's a white supremacist this is going to change people's mind no it's not you've tried this l- probably once a week for the last four years and it's not going to work so i'm sorry right yeah and, and the fact too like if i can just extend an olive branch to the other side um i guess <laughs> yeah you know the lefties mm. but <laughs> i was particularly impressed with joe biden's composure and so I wonder if, like, even people who are right-leaning are living in this reality that he's a senile old fart, when maybe he's not as senile as 
we would have as like people like me who lean more you know fiscally conservative and things like that mm-hmm. like i wanted biden to literally just like have a stroke <laughs> in yeah. the middle of the debate like i wanted him to like just lock out and fall over like you just tipped a cow or something and he didn't he actually did okay and yeah that that was super surprising um because I, I was in the group that was expecting him to just crumble uh, mainly because he's been so coddled by the media, like yeah. n- barely any hard questions, you know, um, including in the debate. Yeah. And like he would explode on voters, you know, like remember when he said, like, look, fat, like I'll challenge you to push up contest right now. Or like, isn't that um, <laughs> let's well, go right back. We'll do some push ups. <laughs> that's what he said. Right. I'm not making that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he got like uh, real heated, I think, when somebody challenged him on like the. uh you know, you voted to send my brother to uh, Iraq, and that was a lie. And he was—he just got like heated and like standoffish with that. And I was expecting now that Trump was going to be there to actually push back on him, uh, that he would crumble and or at least get way angrier than he did. Yeah. Um, but there had to be something in him that was like, if I can play the quote adult in the room, and just be like, this is so unpresidential like that it's gonna it, it would work fine um but to to pivot the reason why i love that political discourse is breaking down um is i've taken a very michael malice stance on this uh there is no reason you should have to live with or deal with people who would as soon uh see you dead if you didn't comply if they got their way and you didn't want to comply they would be fine with throwing you in prison and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, that's how a lot of these socialists think. You know, if you deny their orders, what do they do? They literally throw you in prison. So I, th- I think that it's a good thing and that it's going to lead quicker to the self-segregation based on ideology um, of the country. And do I think I, it's going to be know. peaceful? No. <laughs> do I think it's going to happen eventually? Yeah. Maybe it'll be, yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, because I don't know, because I, I struggle a little bit because that that thing where, like, I want people to do that. I want people to ideologically segregate, yeah. you know, in the sense that, you know, not like, you know, segregation, discrimination, those are all words that people go, <gasps> even though we do it every day. All the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I hung out with a bunch of Christians last night, segregation. Whoa, R- dude! Religious segregation, dude. Are you a are you a are you a theist supremacist? Uh, well, in a lot of ways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and and, and so I, I I start to think to myself, you know, we've mentioned a lot of ideas like this on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but I I want people to realize that like, it's it's not really a big deal if. Or here's a better way to put it. I'm formulating this thought as it's coming out. <laughs> but I think that's how I, thinking I think works. That, I know, right? Don't you love that? <laughs> but with like issues like abortion, it's like, okay, if you think that that's a woman's right and they should have access at whatever moral level that you've decided based on your non-concrete definition of when life begins, uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. The problem that you're going to run into is that if you give that power into the hands of government, then you are allowing the person who says you're murdering a baby to have a say in whether or not you get to exercise your woman's right to choose. 
So the best thing for you is to not depend on something like a Supreme Court, because just like we're seeing now with Roe v. Wade being threatened with these Supreme Court justices, you're freaking the freak out. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, crap, Like this might go away. Yeah. But if you never gave that power to the federal government and you kept it within your state or within your county, then now there's a lot less as, you know, whatever you want to call them people that don't believe what you believe that are going to have an opinion. Yes. What they like to say (laughs) um, that are going to have an opinion about what you choose to quote unquote, do what you want to do with your, you know, quote unquote own body. And so I think that ultimately the best thing, whether you're a left leaning, like give me healthcare, UBI, give me abortions, or if you're a right leaning Christian conservative, you know, Trump supporting gun touting person, Mm -hmm. like we got to shrink the size of, of, or or rather the scope of the people that we're voting into power because you're allowing people who have no idea, like that don't know anything about your life. Don't know anything about what it's like to live in your state, to be a farmer, to work your profession, whatever it is to have a say in something that ultimately has a lot of weight in what you do with your day to day life. So, yeah. And if like, if you can watch the debate and see a multi-billionaire TV personality who looks like a cartoon character and a 47-year career politician and you think that they can represent you or understand what you're going through on any level, um, I would just implore you to think otherwise because they they have no idea. And again, like you're the only person who can take care of your life. The more decentralized, you know, the better. Um, if you have somebody else taking, uh, if you give the power to somebody else to take care of your life, they're not going to do a very good job on it, nope. especially because they're going to be taking care of um, 330 million people's lives. And uh, you just can't do a good job on that sort of scale. You just can't and actually right. care about the person. You're the only person who knows. And also value is subjective. So, you know, Ooh, throw some, uh, yeah. some Austrian stuff in there. Yeah. And, and that's another thing too that like, we, we've seen the example of this with things like Brexit. Yeah. Is that the European Union, the reason why it's financially struggling, objectively, that's not an opinion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the reason why it's financially struggling and also why people, uh, the right leaning, uh, whatever group of people in, uh, in England wanted to leave the European Union is because England, or, you know, the United Kingdom rather, is an island. Mm-hmm. So. Any type of travel that's between air or water is absolutely integral to their commerce. Anything they don't home grow there, they have to get shipped in or flown in. Yeah. So when you're having a country like Germany that's landlocked, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're having them have a say in whether or not like how, how you should be able to transmit transport goods by water or how you should be able to transport goods by planes or things like that. Yeah. You start to run into a lot of issues because they're saying, oh, we don't need that because we get tons of ground transportation. We're fine. And so we yeah. can save the planet with you know carbon emissions by eliminating planes. And so we'll do this. Let's make a law. Yeah. And then now England has to abide by that. It's like they're timeout, guys. We're an island. We actually need those things. And we yeah. saw, that's why Brexit happened. Yeah. It's because it was a whole lot of issues like that where people who had no idea how they lived, didn't know anything about the, the necessary uh, amenities and things that they needed for, to, to, to have an economy. They yeah. started inf- influencing those things not from a position of understanding. Yeah. And that's what we see with 
my favorite example, California and Texas, New York and South Dakota. Yeah. These people have no idea what makes their what makes their economies go around, what types of people live there because they they might have an understanding of the culture but they don't live in the culture. Yeah. And pe- people are going to have to really have a rude awakening with just how much hope they give to the federal government. So let's uh let's bring up another word that makes people pretty uncomfortable. So, oh, do it. Yeah. You can say the N-word? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, secession. Yeah. That is, in my opinion, the way. Uh, and in case you're wondering, no, this isn't the Civil War type secession where I just want certain states to hold slaves or something. I right. think, based on what Jake just said, I think we'd be a whole lot better off if we broke into, you know... 25 to 50 different countries and like made more of a Europe sort of style thing because again South Dakota's culture and like their ideology and what those people actually value is I don't want to be hyperbolic but the opposite (laughs) of what people in New York City and Los Angeles want and it is more humane more moral more consistent more efficient to let those smaller states do what they need to on their own. Yeah. And if you want to come up with some like interstate thing where uh, like one state helps out another in terms of like a natural disaster or with some sort of financial aid or something, like let them sort that out. If the Dakotas wanted to just merge together and be Dakota, fine. Like I don't, I don't have the specific blueprint of how it would do, but shoving the federal government down everybody's throat and on both sides really you see this a lot but especially the left and the democrats trying to take your ideology and force it on all 330 million people even with people who think like on the abortion thing um that it's either the most basic fundamental human right on the planet or murdering a baby and on the right you have gun ownership where it's the most fundamental human right on the planet to defend yourself and your property and then you have you know the people who would say you're just a dumb hick redneck if you like guns Right, let the cops handle it because they do a great job with black people. Yeah, or people in general. <laughs> like, let statistically, that's not true though. But I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like let those. Like, it's immoral to force those people to live together. It would be better if we broke up as a country because again, we're the exact opposite people. And if you want to think that we're stupid hicks for like hating taxes or something, fine. But I'm going to think you're a stupid communist for wanting the government in charge of everything. And, and how great is it that you don't get to tell them that they need to now live in a free market society? Yeah, they can do their Cal- Southern California thing. Yeah, they can do it, and no one's judging them. And and the the best part about a free society, a truly free society, because we don't live in one of those anymore. Uh, sure don't. <laughs> haven't for a while. Um, the best part about that is if you are like a socialist and like a left. Uh, leaning person economically and you just think you should be able to help people out and collectively gather you can you can do that voluntarily but also don't force me to do it uh in my communities where uh, we don't want to so it's just the best way uh and like ideally like you'd secede down to the states and then you know in the perfect rothbardian sense you then secede to the individual um where uh he was asked one time in a uh in an, in, an, in an interview and in, he was like somebody asked what's the ideal amount of countries and he said 330 million and it's like what a baller yeah Rothbard what had a some hair baller on his chest. indeed um 
and like as close to that as possible i think is better like the more i learn about economics and history the more the government has just always been used to serve special interests and the politically connected um so why do we trust these people anymore and i i'm hoping that what happened two nights ago is starting to wake people up to the idea of like what in the world like why are these are the two people that the political apparatus gave us yeah so why don't if if it's okay to slightly derail let's like make it really practical right so this would be like my idea of like a perfect secessionist world yeah because i i kind of understand to a degree i mean it's a basic fundamental human right in my opinion guaranteed by the constitution and shall not be infringed sorry for the train in the background (laughs) oh i just heard that (laughs) um but yeah so like i believe that everyone should be able to own guns shall not be infringed the constitution guarantees it but like if you're in new york city and it's crazy violent and everybody's got guns and maybe statistically they were finding this is a hypothetical situation that a lot of these uh gun deaths were being caused by legal gun owners yeah then sure like vote in new york city that you get to do that but what a lot of people, especially these uh, these cities, people that live in cities, they forget that the rest of the world looks very different than mm-hmm. the world that they live in. And they dominate the media. They dominate the, the fashion culture. Or, they dominate the... Huh? Or I was going to say, even 45 minutes out of the city looks that, That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. Because like... I, my, me and my wife, uh, we were in a, you know, Project Moose. We traveled to, to Colorado. And... Um, <laughs> At one point, we were driving to this place. It's called the Great Sand Dunes National Park, and it's this crazy place where there's literally sand as tall as a mountain, and you can climb oh, really? up it. It's, yeah, it's insane. That's and awesome. We got like surfboards, and we waxed yeah. them, and you could surf down the sand. It was sick. It was so much fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's <sounds laughs> anyway, awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, it was so cool. But we drove down this road. I was going 80 miles an hour in like a 70, <laughs> and we were driving down this road. It was straight for miles and miles and miles. Every now and again, we'd pass through a, a, a I mean, a broke down podunk town. Like I'm pretty sure that like in the old Western days, like cowboys would ride through there and shoot somebody <laughs> up. Like it was that kind of town. It still looked like the same buildings. Yeah. And I'm like, look, New York City person, you can't tell these people that. Like, I can literally see the sky all the way to, like, the mountains miles and miles away on my right and my left. Yeah. And this massive plain where I know there's tons of tornadoes and stuff like that. You can't tell them they can't own a gun because if you call – I haven't seen a cop yeah. for, for for an hour. Yeah. Like, there's not even a police station. There's not even a fire truck. I haven't even seen a fire hydrant for yeah. miles. Yeah. And people are like, oh, yeah, 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 this is only guns you're allowed to have. I'm like, fam, it is not as simple for them. So I, I think that all that to say this, I think that we should secede down to the state level and then also make it so that no city of a whatever population, we'd have to figure out, like, to figure out the average population of the cities in the United States, yeah. um, of, like, major cities. Yeah. But then just say, what's the population of those cities? And, like, you guys are your own voting block. You get to create a county around your little beltway, mm-hmm. and that's it. You you are, you are don't get to, like, like, the city of Austin doesn't get to influence the state of Texas. Yeah. It is its own, it's its own thing. And yeah. I think that would be incredibly awesome because then you don't have these large groups of people in these big cities making rules for the majority of the landmass of their state that they have no idea how to live in if they weren't in the city. Yeah, and uh, 
if we wanted to get a little bit meta about this, like another example uh, could be when we in the first world talk about, and I hope this connects and makes sense. Uh, when we in the first world talk about going green and like green energy and all of this, um, and this is an extreme example of how certain areas just have no idea how the other area is living, just by the way, just to drive the point home. When we talk yeah. about going green and like eliminating fossil fuel use, you have no idea in developing and non-developed countries how important crude oil is and fossil fuels are. If yeah. we were to wipe out fossil fuel fuel use worldwide, billions of people would die. Like And not quickly. like in the AOC oh sense. Like they would actually die. Like quickly too. Like how do you think they get food transported across the, the world? How do you think they're heating their homes? You know, they can't afford electric stoves. They're expensive. Electricity is expensive. It requires a lot of infrastructure. And they don't have it in a lot of these countries. So, and that's like a really big example of how, uh, you know, reg- uh, legislation from us would just devastate um, it, basically any country that's not a first world country, more or less. So the same thing can be said. I, I remember uh, reading a story there in Maine. They were trying to pass some like lobster fishing laws. Um, uh, and th- basically made it impossible for Maine people, uh, Maine residents, I guess, to fish lobster and like cut their profits to basically zero and just we're about to destroy the industry. And then, you know, they made enough of a noise to get them to stop. And it's like, why is that even on the ballot? Like, how come you can, from such a place of ignorance, come in and almost destroy an industry that a state is known for? Just because you have no idea what's going on. Have you ever had a Maine lobster? I actually went there when I was like 10 and I was afraid of lobster. Not afraid of like actually afraid of it, but like I didn't want to try it because I it was like a new thing and I was young. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And like I regret it now. <laughs> oh dude, you should. I <laughs> it's amazing. I do I remember sitting down at this like pretty like nicer restaurant, you know, not crazy nice, but on on the the ocean and I ordered a burger. And my, I mean, it's my favorite food, so I understand. And my mom was but, like, you're not going to get the lobster? I'm like, nah. Oh, <laughs> she even offered the lobster, bro. Yeah, I mean, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm ignorant. We were in I was Portland, ignorant. Maine, Yeah. and I was in high school, and one of my friends, his dad was a lawyer and would always come with us on our choir tours, mm-hmm. and they he he would always take us to one like really nice restaurant and buy for everybody this guy was like such a nice guy mm-hmm. um and he said order whatever the heck you want and so i got of course a filet mignon with a lobster tail on the side yeah a main lobster tail and oh my god <laughs> it was so delicious it's one of the few meals i've like eaten i can still like imagine the plate like it was that good kind of a thing uh now we're just gonna talk about food uh, yeah, the yeah. first like nice steak I had was probably when I was again around 10 probably I, w- I went to a family member's wedding um, and had my first nicer steak and it changed my life I'm not gonna lie that that is one where I can vivid like the melt in your mouth sort of filet uh-huh. and as as a child I was like is this what food tastes like 
Because until then, like, I was just eating peanut butter and jelly and, you know, pizza rolls, you know, like a child does. Right. And then I'm like, is this what actual food tastes like? Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. For there was a, a couple of years in a row where my dad took me to Roost Chris for my birthday. One year, mm. my dad was like, Jake, I will buy you an iPod or I will take you to Roost Chris. And I said, Roost Chris, me dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a bad trade. Not going to lie. Oh, man, it was worth it. I don't know. I don't know. We don't even use iPods anymore. This is a depreciating asset. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is more of a depreciating asset than a meal. <laughs> it comes. You turn in, it into poop it in twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it literally or at least back into then. crap. <laughs> My metabolism is a lot slower now. I'm getting old. Well, that uh, this this episode took a turn. It really did. But I think the point stands is that. Like, how come someone that's not living in Portland, Maine, where they are, like, you know, getting these lobsters and stuff like that, why do they get to have a say in what a fisher does? Yeah. And why – okay, let's just say, because this is kind of, like, exactly the point we're making is that political discourse is dead. Mm-hmm. Why can't you go to a fisherman and demonstrate, okay, here are some things that we're seeing because I now have spent – let's say that person spends, like, six or seven months with a fisherman. It says, okay, so here's some things that you guys are doing that are hurting the planet, and I want to educate you now on how we can make it so that you can still get the same amount of lobster and in such a way that helps the planet. And then yeah. because now you can market that because it is marketable to be – uh, to have like compostable cups or to be able to say that like you're doing what you can to save the environment yeah. you can actually make that a part of your brand and it will increase your profits and yeah. your sales and if you can partner with somebody like that like look guys saving the planet that is a good thing to do yeah, well <laughs> now, granted do we deserve I don't, it i don't think we deserve it <laughs> i mean not after the debate no now <laughs> i hope it just all turns into california just sets on fire and you know we yeah, never mind i was gonna make a joke about little kids but anyway <laughs> but like <laughs> I hate California so much, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, we are, what a dirty trash can full of liberals. We are two <laughs> good earthquakes away from it just being sent into the ocean. I really hope so. Yeah. Because yeah. I would say like a solid like 40% of what's wrong with America is contained within Southern California. It's the culture that they export that's wrong with America. And people in New York. Up. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about that? How... Uh, culture in america is pretty much determined by la and new york city have you ever thought about that yeah and it's just and i guess a little bit of nashville uh, with the music that's true yeah, yeah. but like but ma- mainly country music because a lot of pops coming out of la and stuff like that yeah you're right yeah uh and it drives me crazy like even guns and roses those were like i think venice beach bands i think i think so yeah Radio music is a California thing. Yeah, and it, it's like really uh, infuriating because it does kind of just take over. And I, I wish, you know, I, I like a market and competition and everything. And we have one dominant like monopoly in culture, more or less. Like you have Hollywood and the, the music industry and they're all pushing the same nonsense. It's all, you know, here, I'm going to sound like a grandpa real fast. It's all like the sex and drugs and violence and, you know, intense stuff. And it's like, what if you're not into that? You can move to Montana. Okay, cool. And even the, <laughs> it gets shipped out there too. Like you can't turn the TV on. And like, you know, obviously things like Netflix and Hulu and stuff are alleviating this and allowing 
more independent and YouTube, especially like more independent and more not communist <laughs> content creators. Uh, it's, it's not a joke. Operation Mockingbird, the CIA and, uh, uh, Hollywood are directly linked. Um, but the, uh, it, it allows more competition and culture. And I think that's a good thing. Cause I think that the culture we have now is degenerate and backwards. <laughs> Yeah, and, but what's unfortunate is that when that started, now YouTube, social media, uh, Netflix, those guys are jumping on the cuck train, yeah. and it's really bothering me yeah. because they're making like even the are we, we talked about. I, I think we're just grandparents already. I'm pretty sure I just grew three gray hairs in the process of making this podcast. Yeah, there's too much drugs on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, if I see a nudity, it's a Victoria's Secret commercial. There's no nudity. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Says the guy who uh, <laughs> wants heroin legal. Like, <laughs> there's too many drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You should talk about that. Is like, like that type of discourse too. Because like, that's one thing that I feel like a lot of right leaners should be on board with, but they aren't. Is legalization of drugs? Uh, I mean, because they find it immoral. Yeah, I, like I get where they're coming from. Like. If you if you've bought into the worldview that the government is a tool to implement whatever kind of society you want to live in and force it on the masses, I get how you can be pro drug criminalization um, and like you know any statist point of view. I get how if that's if the government is a tool to you, I get how you can be pro all of those things. But if you're going to yeah. pretend to be like sympathetic towards liberty and freedom and small government, but you're also going to say. But, you know, this institution can't uh, or can't stop you from putting this no-no substance in your body. Uh, you're, you're wildly inconsistent to me. And, like, you could make all, like, whatever argument you want. But if you're against the government, um, then, you know, it's that Mises quote I, I brought up yesterday. Uh, if you expect the government to save man from his own foolishness, foolishness, uh, you've conceded like every form of government encroachment, you know, cause people are inherently stupid and you have to let them fail, um, and give them the freedom to fail. And that's like the most yeah. fair, moral and consistent way to kind of view the world. Except we need that, you know, that social contract government safety net to be able to save us from ourselves. And I actually distinctly remember coming out of the womb and giving my thumbprint as a signature on the social contract. Oh, really? That must be traumatizing. Cause you know, your mom was still there. Yeah, and also children can't consent, so I guess that's yeah. I guess that's so how do you I grow know. up in a social contract when your parents made you sign it? Yeah, and I've never uh, I've never signed but it you never since actually I turned eighteen. Signed it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a whole thing, man. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> but uh, I think you actually have to sign a contract for it to be a contract. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but. I thought you were going to say something. I was like, wait. Oh, no. I, I was just going <laughs> to go back to saying it's uh, it's inconsistent. Um, and also, if, if you're the type of person who wants to force your worldview on somebody, uh, it is a better idea for secession and for the people to just force the worldview on two separate bubbles of worldviews. Um, and people would be way happier. I absolutely agree. You want to be uh, freaking out about the Supreme Court if we didn't have such a massive federal government. Yeah, because the Supreme Court, in reality, should be passing. Or that—that's an interesting uh, 
struggle that I have with the way the system of federal governments run. Mm -hmm. Because currently we have the legislature that passes laws and then it goes to the executive branch, which signs it into law. And then if somebody runs into issues with that law or with a law related to it, it goes through the court system until it reaches the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And then they legislate from the bench. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a couple of things need to happen. Number one, we need to have the legislature create the bill, and then it needs to go directly to the Supreme Court. Yep. If the bill is constitutional or not, it needs to go. Yep. Right? Also, I think that people should have a right to be able to vote for, not vote for whether or not you stay, but um, I really think that there's an issue with the lifetime appointment. I really do. Because... What happens is these people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg become some type of religious figure mm -hmm. to these people. And, you know, her personal trainer, when's the last time you worked out with her, dude? Um, her personal trainer is like doing push ups at her grave. Yeah. <laughs> and people are posting about it. And I'm like, fam, she's not great. She was absolutely pushing a political agenda mm -hmm. and did not care about what was constitutional or not. Yeah. So that's bad. That is the opposite of the job that you want for those people. Like by because those are the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by definition. Like that that's literally their only role is to care about what does this bill say and does it infringe on any article, note, period, or comma in the constitution? The answer is yes. And if it does overwhelmingly and, and, <laughs> I mean, yeah. For, especially for the past like, you know hundred years. Hundred and fifty yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've not been doing a great job. No. Um Lincoln really kicked that door open and then who was it? Wilson and FDR that like <laughs> propped it like just broke down the doors, yeah, broke FDR. down the walls. But anyway, like it's just backwards. Yeah. It's just backwards. And then one of the things that I love that you mentioned about like specifically drugs mm -hmm. is that it's wildly inconsistent. Because yes. those same people will argue the Constitution for why Donald Trump uh, needs to be impeached. Like, they cited the Constitution so many times in the Articles of Impeachment. I'm like, guys, what giving funds to another country that you have taxed from our from us yeah. is unconstitutional. Yeah. That's not a thing we do. And then what I see all the time is right-leaning people going, we help people all over the world, and we just brokered this amazing peace deal in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And I'm the guy who has to say to, like, right-leaning folks, I don't care because I didn't vote for, you know, as a nation, the Electoral College made Donald Trump the president, so I didn't vote for Donald. But I'm just saying, like, I didn't vote for Donald so that he could take care of Israel in the Middle East because yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And I know that, like, your Judeo-Christian values say you should care, but there's a lot of history there, and uh, I'm pretty sure that Jesus came to, uh, to, to ratify the law. And so I don't think that they're really um, God's special ones anymore. But that's a hot take. Dang, um, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to move on with that. <laughs> I know there's something biblical in there about how that's they still are in some way, shape, or form. But it's just like like that shouldn't influence your politics, and there's a lot of history there and a lot of complicated things there that have nothing to do with the Bible. I didn't yes. vote for any president to do stuff in the Middle East or to do stuff in England or to do stuff in Australia. Yeah. So when I hear stuff like that, it's like, oh, man, that's a massive victory. No one wants – like Kaylee, Kaylee, Kylie McHenry asking – saying, you know, this just happened in the Middle East. No one wants to ask me a question about it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hear what you're saying, and on one hand you're correct. But, girl, I don't give a crap. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I do not I'm care about Israel. I do not care about foreign policy. And in the in the to the extent that as long as we're not doing something that initiates the next nine eleven, <laughs> well, I mean, I just don't care. That's kind of our foreign policy game: is how far can we push it until it's nine eleven two point oh. 
2.0. That's kind of a that's kind of our thing. Um, but if we, <laughs> what if Henry we just, say, uh, they really did blow up the twin towers. <laughs> <laughs> if we just keep bombing all of their planes first, they can't get to us. I think is our uh, foreign policy. So we're a bunch of bullies in our foreign policy, man. We, we are. keep bombing countries that don't even have like an air force. Just bombing the crap out of them. We either keep bombing them or selling bombs to people who are. <laughs> Saudi Arabia and Yemen. Uh, mm. Mm. ISIS. Oh, excuse me. Wait, what was that? Did, ISIS. Man, I must be getting the Rona. You're not, you're not implying that maybe Obama funded Syrian rebels and it fell into the hands of ISIS, those guns that we sent over there, are you? What? Did we arm two? We didn't. I was. We didn't arm ISIS. We. Uh, you mean that terrorist group that we're still fighting a war over there for? I mean that doesn't sound like us. We didn't create them, did we? Yeah, I mean, with the president who got the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> yeah, dropped seventy-two bombs a day in twenty sixteen. Um, <laughs> Just killed lots of kids. A lot of them. And he got a Nobel Mother Truck and Peace Prize. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can like, start a war and uh, be nominated for anything with the word peace in it. Uh, so, Jake, secession. I just got so upset. <laughs> secession. How do, how do we get there? Well, I think, first off, we need to take all the major social issues and boil them down to the smallest government closest to us. So, I honestly think they should be county issues. Yep. And what it would do, actually, is it would make it so that you would have a free market of counties, right? Yep. And so they would compete with one another. So, for example, right now, you can go to Colorado. You don't have to be a citizen of Colorado, or a resident, Res- I guess is the technical term. Um, you don't have to be a resident of Colorado, but you can go to a recreational dispensary and get you some gummies mm-hmm. and have a great night. And Colorado, they are having revenue increases, especially when they first passed the law. People were flying there just so they could smoke weed, yeah. right? And so... Whether it be abortion or whether it be weed or whether it be gun ownership, there's a free market of ideas out there mm-hmm. where certain uh, certain counties, certain constituencies can literally be financially incentivized to be able to pass certain laws that make it so that like-minded people can take advantage of those laws. Yeah. And even if they don't live there, you still get the money. Because if you have a sales tax, for example, and you're selling guns in Texas... Texas gets that sales tax because they can't get that gun in California. Yeah. And exactly. they'll get arrested in California if they bring it back there if they have laws against it. So there's there's a there's a free market of ideals as far as like where do your tax dollars come from and your population and a free market of uh like what what things can you purchase there, what things can you do there, what businesses can you start there? Yeah. I also think it's a good um comeback cuz a, a lot of lefties and like blue states will complain like you know, all of this tax revenue goes or uh, comes from blue states and red states are just like leeching off the system. It's like, okay, well then don't. Like, let's just stop paying federal taxes then. Like, let's keep it all inside the state then. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Huh? And if, and if you're the type of state that would want to then make up for, you know, the handouts that you are getting by increasing your state income tax, fine. But don't push it on everybody else. Isn't it funny, too, that, like, Texas is probably the most financially uh, financially responsible state? It's one of them, Like, yeah. when I lived in Texas, when people would joke around about uh, secession, mm-hmm. they kind of weren't kidding. They're not joking. <laughs> because they're like, our, our economy is big enough and strong enough we can do it. Yeah. Like, we could. 
We really could. That's uh. I'm gonna look up how much, how much debt uh, Texas has. Okay. That's kind of. We should compare it to California yeah, just for fun. The debt is like the the two second way I compare economic responsibility. Um, uh-huh. So Texas has a debt of three hundred and twenty eight billion, which is a lot. Uh, <laughs> but if you think about it, Donald Trump's net worth is two point five, so that's really not that bad. Yeah, uh, California is. 561 billion so it's a, a like what would that be 1.5 1.7 you know not quite twice as much um mm-hmm. but you know uh debt per citizen in california is fourteen thousand dollars and texas it is 11 so uh i think it might mm. be utah or, or something that um what was it there was one state it's not Utah. Utah only has twenty-six billion, though. Uh, Montana only has five. South Dakota. Uh, there was one that basically had zero, and I forget which one it was. Uh, <laughs> but I'm West super... Virginia. Oh, is it? I think. Uh, West Virginia is the state with the lowest debt. No, wait. That's probably. That's individual debt. Sorry. Whatever. It's it's not important. But uh, I I think it, it would be. We, we we would just be better off uh, breaking up, is my my official stance. <laughs> California has the most debt as of last year, okay, according to World Atlas, and it's a hundred and fifty two billion. So I think you might have been looking up individual debt as opposed to like state debt. No, I'm looking at the uh, the U.S. debt clock. Oh, gotcha. And the source is the Treasury, apparently. Um. Also, by the way, we're about to break uh, twenty-seven trillion dollars in, uh, in national debt. Woo, woo, woo. Yes. Yes, as Henry would say. Yes. Woo. Uh, debt per tax or uh, debt per taxpayer two hundred and fifteen thousand. Yes. That's not going to. And then come all the back. Trumpers are still stoked about their stimulus check. Yeah, that's not going to come back and bite us. I, I just don't get it. Like political discourse is so dead, man. Like we. We we will sit there and and champion Donald Trump for saying that he's gonna like balance the budgets and like take care of the debt, bring the troops home. He does none of those things, and then people still love him. Hey, and the same thing with Obama. He was gonna close down Guantanamo Bay. He had some anti-war stuff when he was running as well. Yeah. And uh, what was the other thing Obama promised? Uh, there was like another big one. Oh yeah yeah oh. yeah. And what he did is he made it so that people like me, when I was young and I didn't have health care, my H and R block guy would just wink at me and then not make me pay the the fee for not having health insurance. Yeah. You had it for how long? Three months? We're just gonna say you had it forever. I shouldn't admit to that. You should probably cut that out. Oh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you can almost always tell. It's not the law anymore, so who cares? Yeah. You can almost always tell what a bill does because it's always the opposite of what. Uh, what the title is oh the affordable care act oh the premiums went up like 200 percent on average yeah i don't know and the care went down uh... Uh, or the patriot act so you mean our right all of our rights are being trampled on even though like being a patriot means you support the country that gives you your rights and doesn't encroach on them got it operation iraqi freedom or iraqi democracy which one was it it was Iraqi uh, I believe it's actually Operation Iraqi Occupation, because that's what it's been for the past 20 years. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound like freedom to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I need to look that up. Um, yeah, it was Iraqi freedom. 
they don't seem as liberated as maybe we would have hoped that's all i'm saying um (laughs) crazy man yeah um and so yeah it's just like so that that's kind of just the point that we wanted to bring out in this episode of the podcast because it's kind of (laughs) hilarious you know it's like it's hilarious the word i mean i think so (laughs) everything the government wants to do for your good is always in some way shape or form to your detriment yeah because that means every gay person who's married right now like just as fast as you got married the government could at any point take it away just like just some supreme court justices just like they made it legal in all 50 states they could take it away same thing with your woman's right to choose now whether or not i agree with your right to choose or not yeah. irrelevant bottom line is you give that power to the government they can take it away and you could even and, argue there are very fine arguments on both sides you, you could you could you could but specifically the white supremacists they had a real point i dude sometimes hear them out one time i'm just saying and obviously we're joking but <laughs> maybe you should actually like listen to opposing viewpoints not necessarily like you know a white supremacist who actually believes that one race is better than the other like that person you're probably not going to find common ground with or but, maybe like, you will you, Maybe you're also a piece of crap. Like, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right, because what will happen is a white supremacist and, like, a woke lefty will get together. And it'll be like, look, I just think that black people are stupid. And I don't think that they should, you know, be hanging out in my neighborhood. And you're like, you know what? You're right. We should give them a safe space. And then what we should do is that because they're stupid, we should give them, you know, affirmative action. Or It'll make it all better. And then the woke people and the white supremacists will become best friends and problem solved there, because they believe the same thing they just approach it differently there's a sketch by Ooh, uh, hot take there, we haven't done some of those in a while yeah there's a sketch by ryan long a comedian I, i'm pretty sure that's his name where uh he goes down a list of woke isms and also just racist isms uh being like i just think you know that white people have a better life because of their skin and the racist is like yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) so uh find that one it's uh it's awesome um yeah like we mentioned earlier uh at the lunch boys pod on instagram and twitter uh five stars on itunes four stars we don't take them we uh Four stars, we send them back. That's like, right. Four stars is a lot like our political discourse. We just look the other way and pretend the other side doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll see you in the next one. Um, If you have topics you'd like to hear us rant about, perhaps more food talk, uh, we are the Lunch Boys, after all. Uh, That's true. Let us know. We usually eat together when we don't Zoom our conversations. We usually eat together before we record. But sometimes... Tell us some things to eat. Sometimes people are busy. You know, it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Lunch Boys. Join us again next week as we watch the boys take one step closer to getting canceled. Bye-bye now. Stay safe out there. There's a lot of COVID. You might get it. You might not. Wear a mask. Or don't. Who knows? But whatever you do, have a strong opinion about it.